when I'm experiencing pain or when I when I want to have when I want to have sex with somebody I had to learn to to talk more I had to learn about sexual communication and having open conversations with with other people and not just assuming they understand what's going on with me and my body. This is the Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore ancient and modern wisdom and discover practical tools to cultivate a deep connection with our feminine essence and sexual energy. I'm your host, Maria Grinina, and I dedicate my life to nurturing and growing feel the community of empowered women reclaiming their power through exploring the most potent energy, sexual energy. You can join our community for free and access a rich tapestry of knowledge from diverse, incredible teachers from all over the world. And I leave the link to join in this podcast description for you. In this podcast, through interviews with inspiring teachers and experts who serve our field community, we explore various aspects of femininity, including self-love, body positivity, sexuality, relationships, intuitive wisdom, embodiment, and feminine leadership. Welcome to the Feminine Power Podcast. In this episode, I speak to Venus Libido, a qualified sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and training clinical sexologist and relationship therapist based in the UK. Over the past three years, Venus has dedicated her career to promoting sex education, advocating for endometriosis awareness, and helping individuals achieve sexual wellness, intimacy, and fulfillment in their dating and relationships. We speak about a topic that affects many individuals, but often remains unaddressed in our society, pain in sexual experiences. According to a study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, nearly 75% of women have experienced pain during intercourse at some point in their lives. This happens so, so often. We'll be learning from Venus about a holistic approach to addressing this pain and finding ways to release it. You learn about mindset shifts, self-pleasure and self-exploration practices, communication skills, and how to approach sensitive conversations about your pain and health conditions with your partner, especially in a sexual, intimate context. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be on this podcast. I love everything that you do, so I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thank you. I love everything that you do too. That's why we've reached out to you and... Uh, Welcome you to the Feel Experts Board. You know, before we recorded this podcast, we've also done a conversation on Feel um, on the same subject, and that's the subject of pain. Uh, pain and what stands in the way of pleasure and how to treat pain, how to identify it, how to understand where it might be coming from and also kind of making peace with it, understanding that it it's part of our journeys and they've been such a great um, example and such a great sharer on this subject on your social media as well. So would you please uh, share a little bit more about your journey? How did you start um, sex education as a profession? What brought you in this world in the first place? And had there been any personal story that you'd like to share? Um, so for me, I have always been incredibly curious about 
my sexuality, about sex in general, about my body, the way it works, the way it responds to things. And um, I got to a point in my life where I was kind of at a crossroads where I was really intrigued about sex and exploring pleasure and my body and my genitals and the world of like sex tech. But I came across a lot of pain and discomfort that was very confusing and conflicting. And I was constantly in and out of hospital trying to find answers, you know, painful periods, painful sex, um, feeling quite depressed, uh, bloating, discomfort around my lower back. My body just didn't feel like it was supposed to feel. And my body didn't respond in a way that I thought it should respond during pleasure and during sex with other people and sex with myself. And for years, I was trying to find answers. Um, And I got to a point where I almost had to kind of fight to better understand my body with healthcare professionals and doing a lot of my own research um, and a lot of reading and a lot of investigating on my own. Um, And then a couple of years ago, I found out I had endometriosis. And, you know, I was just like, finally, there's an answer as to why I'm having this pain. And I just felt like there was so many people out there that were probably in a similar situation to me where they didn't understand why their body wasn't responding in the way it should be. And they were being put off or pulling away from exploring their bodies and pleasure because of pain. And people weren't really talking about it unless it was in like a private to like in a private place whether that's with a GP with your pet with your mum with your friends or with a doctor or whoever it might have been but I wanted to have these conversations more openly online um so I kind of started talking about it and then realized you know this is this is my calling I and I kind of went down the route of learning to be a sex educator and now I'm a training psychosexual therapist and relationships therapist so yeah, it's just kind of my world, really. It came from a place of like my own experiences and dealing with pain and then wanting to better understand it and then sharing that with other people so they felt less alone um, with their own pain, basically. Who was the first person you talked to when you realized you need help with, with pain? Like, was it your mother or friends or a doctor? Like, how did you treat this issue and address this issue first time? It was with a doctor. Um, my, in terms of like pleasure and sex and pain in that in that kind of area, it was a doctor. But everything else that comes with endometriosis, the symptoms of like heavy bleeding, um, feeling bloating, feeling pain in my back, that my mum was the first person I spoke to. Um, but when it came to like the the more I guess taboo, less talked about areas of like it hurts inside of me when somebody penetrates me then I spoke to a doctor mm. yeah that's what I was really wondering about because I can relate to to this myself and I guess many women can when we have something that we don't feel comfortable about talking which is very often sex like there are, there isn't a place to really go to and like discuss it not just from a place of like oh I might have like a serious medical problem but also like well I would like to feel pleasure instead and it's kind of like hard to talk about it to your mother right uh, although I wish uh, it was easier and what what was your next step so you've spoken to a doctor and how did you evolve from there 
well, I guess it's very different for everybody regarding the the root of your pain and what might be causing it, whether it's a, a physical thing, whether it's a, like a psychological thing. Um, but I, for me personally, I kind of had to work at both sides of it in terms of, okay, I had to figure out what was wrong with me physically first and then try to fix the way that I was responding and my mind was responding and my body was responding and my genitals were responding because of pain and fearing pain when it came to intimacy. Um, so I did have to fight quite hard to be listened to by healthcare professionals at the start. And the only reason I figured out that I had endometriosis was because I went to a charity event by um, a, a charity called Eva Pill, who look at the kind of five gynae cancers and raise awareness and funds to help support people through that. And somebody on the panel was talking about endometriosis. And it was a word I'd never heard before. And all of my symptoms like matched up to what this person was saying. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what I have. So for many years, I was going to GPs and they were doing blood tests, they were doing scans, they were doing um, lots of different investigations on my body to find out what might be the root of my pain, but nobody could ever tell me what it was. And I was just being like pushed from doctor to doctor with no real answers, which is really difficult to have to live with from like, you know, the mo like majority of your 20s when you just want to like enjoy life, enjoy your body and experience pleasure in the way you want to experience it and not really know why this is happening to you. It's really, it's really upsetting and it can cause a lot of like mental health issues. Um, so I then went to my doctor and said, I think I might have endometriosis. Um, could you refer me to, to a gynecologist? And my doctor, I remember my doctor saying, I don't think you have endometriosis. I think we should um, think about something else because you say you have quite a lot of pain in your back. Maybe it's something to do with your back. And I said, no, I would really like to go see someone who can tell me if it's endometriosis or not. And she told me no twice in that room. And I really had to fight for it, for that appointment. And I guess one piece of advice I would say to anybody who is on this journey and feels like they just don't feel like they're getting the right answers is to do as much research as you can about your symptoms and then seek to your GP to be pushed forward to see a professional in that kind of area for further investigation. And don't take no for an answer because ultimately you know your body best. And I had to sit there and say, look, I understand you might not think it's endometriosis, but I feel like it might be. And I would like to rule that out. And I'm so glad I pushed because it did turn out to be endometriosis. So I guess, yeah, tip is to like not take no for an answer. And you know, you know how your body feels and um, you can best, the only person who can best understand it is you. Um, so don't let, don't really take no for an answer if you feel like that isn't the right route for you. Mm, you know, you're not, you're definitely not the only one with such a, such a journey. I'm hearing a lot from women in our community, these kind of stories when they had a problem such as endometriosis or vaginismus or a similar issue that isn't that easily identifiable. And for some reason, it takes them years of conversations with doctors to just get to a point of what it actually is before they can start the healing path. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the sad thing, but your advice is perfect. It's great because people, that's, that's exactly what we should do. We should not give up. 
Yeah, exactly. I do, I do think, you know, like you said, with the healing process, you do need, you do need to find out what's wrong first. Mm. And that was definitely the case for me to be able to move forward, but also learn how to work with my body and track my symptoms, track my triggers, and then work with it instead of work, having to work against it all the time and not understand it. Mm -hmm. We are taking a little break so that you can learn how to access your sexual energy and feminine power at any time and learn to embody your most confident, beautiful, powerful self. We've gathered a community of leading teachers, tantra, embodiment, sex, love, intimacy, relationship coaches. And together with them, we create simple daily practices and rituals that you can access online on demand. Embodiment, breath, tantric practices, meditations, dance, movement, everything you need to cultivate your sexual energy and feminine power even five minutes a day make a huge difference you can access these practices in the field portal at a super affordable price from 15 to 30 dollars per month and believe me this is the investment that has unbelievable huge returns for your life love, relationships, creativity, abundance, pleasure, and so much more. Get ready to awaken your inner goddess, harness your feminine power, and radiate authenticity in every area of your life. Join the Feel portal at feelup.co slash membership or find the link in this podcast feed or on our Instagram at feel underscore women. Exactly. So just for those who don't know, what is endometriosis? Good question. So endometriosis, um, sadly, it is a long-term condition where it, the tissue that is similar to the lining of the womb grows in other places, such as the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. Um, for me, mine's like growing along parts of my bladder, Um and you can, the only way to detect endometriosis, unfortunately, is through keyhole surgery or something called a laparoscopy, um, which does involve you being put to sleep and having like minor surgery to find out if you have it. And then if it's there, they'll remove it. And the, I guess the, the downside of having endometriosis, while there are many, but the biggest one is it can grow back and it's not something once you've had that surgery okay you're healed and for many yeah you know your pain might be very much significantly reduced for your for many years but for some it can like come back very quickly and how is it for you how is your healing journey looking like now um so I've had three surgeries in the last four years um so that's I guess you'd say that's quite a lot yeah wow yeah, I do know people who've had more. And I think I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I I do experience pain quite a lot. But I'm, I learned to I've had this since I was about 13 years old. So I've kind of learned to live with it, which isn't isn't great. But it's just something you have to accept and try and navigate through as best you can. And what are the things that you do to navigate? What are the adaptations that you've learned by now and what you can recommend to other women that have the same condition? So I think 
for yourself, it's definitely learning that your body needs more rest and being okay with that and say, being okay with saying no my body can't do that right now I need to stop I need to pause I need to rest I need to prioritize myself um, which is something I've not I'm not very good at I can't sit still and when I'm in pain I'm just like frustrated so I've, I've had to really learn to practice stillness and just riding through pain instead of ignoring it and to really listen to my pain and my body and what it's trying to tell me so I think that's a big thing um another great gift that I give to myself on a monthly basis is therapy just being able to like unpack how it makes me feel to live in this body and how I can continue to move forward it forward in a in a healthy in a healthy way that I don't attack myself in a because with endometriosis you can have really severe like depression and anxiety that come with it and I think learning to nurture your mind is just as important as learning to nurture your body with this condition um and when it comes to like pleasure it's just learning to almost um fall in love with yourself all over again so for many years I hated my body um I didn't want to touch myself I didn't want anybody else to touch me and then yeah I just spent a whole year by myself like learning to re-love myself and learning what felt good for me what my limits were um, what was painful what wasn't painful finding the right tools whether that's you know using certain lubricants um, exploring temperature play Um, you know the world of sex tech has really helped me to fall in love with pleasure again because it means I can explore so many options with my body that don't necessarily have to be painful but then also learning that when you are in pain that can also be enjoyable um, and learning to find pleasure within pain as well. So there is a lot of mindfulness work in this process isn't it? Yes absolutely. Um, one book that I have found really helpful actually uh, just for anybody who would like to who likes reading and wants to learn more about mindfulness and sex um there's the better sex through mindfulness book by laurie brotto um that's an amazing book that's helped me through this journey if anybody would would like to read that i highly recommend it amazing i will link this book in the show notes uh, for sure and uh well that means that right now you you're feeling that you've learned to to feel happy while you're still having this condition, right? And this can give hope to many other people who have the same condition, which is beautiful. And do you have any other practices or rituals or yeah, things you've taken on board from these um, mindfulness routines and um, books and, I don't know, tricks you've learned or therapy that uh, you've experienced that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think there's... there's um. I remember what you call it but there's almost like rewiring in your brain to think in a different way so for a long period of time I would associate pleasure with pain and then I would almost avoid it so I had to kind of retrain myself and my mind to when I'm experiencing pain or when I when I want to have when I want to have sex with somebody I had to learn to 
to talk more. I had to learn about sexual communication and having open conversations with with other people and not just assuming they understand what's going on with me and my body um, and learning to like prioritize that as a whole because I was a very suffer and silence kind of person and I just got to a point where I was like I don't want to go my whole life never experiencing pleasure in a way that I want to experience it because I'm not using my voice so I think that like one of the the key things is like sexual communication and whether that's with yourself or with somebody else and learning that you need to fully explore with yourself or with somebody else and make changes um and it's okay like sex is not what we think it is in terms of like it should be spontaneous or it should be this incredible experience all the time like sex can be sex can be painful and sex can be messy and it can be short or long or take hours or take a few moments it's whatever you make it and whatever you feel comfortable um in the moment but just prioritizing like your pleasure like I guess that's like the key thing isn't it you have to prioritize yourself and that means um experimenting that means um communicating um but yeah I think that that's the the bit one of the biggest things I've had to do And here, can we get into details? So, um, what? How can you communicate the fact that you, as a woman, are experiencing pain right now? Right? Okay, we're having sex, and I feel painful. Usually, like a lot of us, feel a bit concerned about confusing the person, letting them down, making them feel uncomfortable. And, you know, we kind of get into this position of we're thinking a lot about what the other person might feel if you tell them, but we forget about ourselves. And in fact, most likely that other person really wants you to feel good as well. Mm -hmm. So how do we break through these thoughts and what do we say? What's the communication that that should happen? Just that. The way I've, I've, I look at it and the way I try to explain it to other people when they're like, oh, I don't know how I can talk to my partner about this, is if they were experiencing pain, would you want them to tell you? Would you want them to be suffering through something that you're both meant to be enjoying together? And I'm sure you'd be like, well, yeah, of course I'd want them to tell me. So I think it's important that they become a part of the conversation too because they are a part of that that moment with you. And they're going to want to know that you're experiencing pleasure just as much as they are in a way that's comfortable um, for you and is enriching for you. Um, And we have to remember that they're not mind readers and it's okay to talk about, look, right now that kind of hurts for me. Can we explore doing something else? And I think we have this kind of idea that when we talk during sex, we're killing the mood or we have this idea that, communicating during sex is not sexy but that is far from the truth um there is like I don't know about you but when I talk to my partner during sex like it's when we're asking each other like does that feel good for you like how can I make that feel even more pleasurable for you where can I touch you what what do you like that is sexy and we forget that so communicating what feels good for you is only gonna help enhance the entire experience for both of you 
I mean, I definitely, I, that's something I've discovered myself too once I've started doing the deeper work in sexuality and communication, that indeed people think it kills the vibe. That's what the media shows us, right? The mag, like glamorous magazines and all these TV shows. But actually, when you learn the correct communication, there are also tricks there, right? Like how you make the other person not turned off, but rather actually curious and interested. You switch it up. And this communication becomes like this cherry on top of the experience rather than like a difficult and unsexy conversation. So I'd like to learn from you here exactly in the context of pain, like what, how can you make the other person feel interested in your pain and, and feel like they want to help you out and they want to switch things around as opposed to like becoming concerned or scared to hurt you? Is there any like maybe phrases that you've already used or yeah, any kind of tricks or tips or even like a s preparation for this conversation, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is to say, it really hurts for me right now there, but can we try this? And would you be open to trying this instead? Mm -hmm. Just those simple words of right now, that doesn't feel good for me in that way or penetration doesn't feel comfortable comfortable for me right now can we try something else would you be open to exploring this with me but that's where you then have to learn about self-exploration and what feels good for you um even if you have tools you bring to the table um so for me I like I said I'm a big fan of like the world of sex tech and exploring with toys in a way that are comfortable for me so whether you have like a bedside drawer of things that you know make you feel good that aren't going to cause you pain then that's already like you're already a step ahead of the game and you can explore that with your partner and be like look it doesn't feel good for me right now to have penetrative sex but can we maybe explore using these toys on each other because I would really enjoy that how do you mm -hmm. feel this is great so basically you're giving a suggestion instead so you're not cutting it off sorry it doesn't feel great and then the other person might feel rejected but rather you bring curiosity and solutions and exploration on the table, which can actually continue and like expand into more fun and exploration together, which yeah, is exactly. that, that that's amazing. I, I hope, uh, I hope this really helps. Um, and from this place, are there any, yeah, I'd like, I'd like more details. What kind of toys you like, <laughs> what would you recommend to people to try and yeah. what helped you? Um, so I, I'm a massive fan of like pinpoint stimulators because a lot of the time when you are struggling with like painful sex or pain on penetration, then using anything that goes inside of you can be quite daunting and just kind of defeats the object. So toys that I found have really benefited me have been like pinpoint stimulators where they have a very, it's almost like an earbud point on the end of the toy. So you can avoid the areas that hurt the most and you can, target the areas that don't without interfering with you know say if you um if you are really struggling with a part of your vulva that hurts more on one side because of um surgery or whatever it might be then you can focus with the pinpoint stimulator on the other side or you can use it on your nipples or you can use it on an erogenous zone that you feel good but then the greatest thing about toys is although they are sometimes just promoted to one gender um, you can use them on your partner as well so you can use it on somebody with a penis on the end of their penis 
on their testicles, on their nipples. Um, and that's what I love about toys is like we can all use them all over our bodies. Another great device that I love um, is the air technology toys because they're very soft, they're very gentle. Um, they allow you to explore multiple areas again of your body in a way that isn't very aggressive. Um, and yeah, I think another great another great tip is um, the O-nuts. I talk about the O-nuts quite a lot when it comes to painful, painful sex, especially painful penetration, because the O-nuts are like these rubbery rings that you can slide onto either a penis or a toy that you want to insert inside of yourself. And it kind of um, allows you to determine the depth in which something goes inside of you and you can use them with lubricants. So yeah, another great thing is to always be using lube because um, that's going to help with uh, with pain and friction. And yeah, those are, those are my three kind of like go-to things, I would say. Um, so toys help because indeed they help to switch attention or switch pressure from certain areas of your body that might feel hurtful yeah. and communication helps just making a little summary here i wonder if um, you also use any kind of um rituals or you know like taken from more of a tantric world is there anything that you've tried with your partner um yeah, actually, one thing that works for me um, is <clears throat> exploring like with temperature and water. So mm. one of my rituals is I will tend to always have a shower before sex because it really relaxes. Like water is my safe space mm. and it relaxes not just my mind, but my body, my muscles. It prepares me, it prepares my body. And I kind of do like my breathing in the shower. I kind of get myself into like a relaxed zone. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a ritual I have been doing for many years now is like exploring water and temperature and like relaxation and mindfulness in the shower pre-sex. And then also post-sex as well, because a lot of the time we can, we experience pain during, but then especially for someone with endometriosis or anything like that that I can experience quite a lot of pain an hour after sex sometimes if I'm having mm. a flare-up I've had times where I've been on the floor crying in pain after having sex because I've caused a lot of um, friction or I've caused a lot of irritation and so learning to be mindful of that and prepare myself afterwards as well is always a really good tool to do and just letting your partner know that that's what you need that's your aftercare a uh, big part of making sure you have a, an amazing sexual experience with somebody or even with yourself actually is aftercare and learning how to care for your body after sex and pleasure mm -hmm. wonderful that's such an important information for all of us to know because right we some women just experience pain and then feel like something is wrong with them and they just like cut out sexual life completely yeah. instead of yeah finding all these amazing tools that you can use yeah. let's switch it up to a topic of self-pleasure because okay. what you're <laughs> what you've been saying um through through describing your journey from pain to where you are now You've mentioned quite a few times exploration of your own body, right? Mm -hmm. Exploration of your own pleasure. And I wonder, 
um, how did you incorporate, how have you been incorporating self-pleasure in your everyday life, in your practice, in your relationship? You have a stable relationship, right? Yeah. Like, and people out there have a lot of different ideas around masturbation and self-pleasure. For a lot of cultures, it's a taboo, something we don't do. Um, in many communities, it's already finally um, considered as something that is actually really good for you and your self-care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what kind of role it plays in your life when and like even in in your culture in your family how would, how was it for you the relationship to self pleasure in the beginning and where it is now um in the beginning i mean sex was always very openly talked about in my household um i have two younger brothers so i was the only girl i think my parents were very protective of me um they, yeah I think sex was but sex was always a comfortable conversation to have but my parents never really taught me about self-pleasure it was kind of something I learned through my own kind of curiosities and exploring porn from a young age and um, watching quite raunchy movies I guess and sex in the city and um, programs where you know like skins I remember watching that and being fascinated by the like sex and masturbation and that and toys and I think for me now it's like such an important part of my week is to make sure that I have time with alone by myself exploring self-pleasure and it's just a it's a it's a it's a form of mindfulness for me to make sure I, I do that for myself it's a way for me to reconnect with my body and to calm my mind. Um, it's something I talk about quite a lot with my therapist is it, it is definitely a way for me to fall back in love with my body, to allow myself, some, even if it's just like half an hour, although for me it's normally like two hours, mm -hmm. I will just take myself away and just be alone and just like... Mm -hmm self-explore and it's like a stress reliever for me and then that kind of has helped to re like relax my muscles and then I respond better when it comes to sex with somebody else because I've learned to relax I've learned to understand my body I've learned to give it time that it needs to better understand it mm-hmm that's um I would like to really comment on this one here as a woman who comes from a completely different background yeah. and hear hear your thoughts on this you know I'm coming from a country that is half Muslim and I also have quite a lot of uh, women in our community that were that are Muslim mm -hmm. and I also come from a very traditional kind of background my parents never spoke to me about sex and uh, you know we in our in our communities, we don't have sex education in school or anything. And, and anything sex is more of a taboo. So masturbation is considered dirty. And actually, there are even tales that's like say, oh, um, people can people can lose their mind if they masturbate or they can become weird and dirty. Uh, this mm -hmm. is like all silly, of course. I know it's all completely silly. But growing up in such environment um, where like, we women aren't supposed to be sexual in any way and touching yourself is dirty mm -hmm. you like 
you grow up completely disconnected from yourself. You like, I, I remember how I like I started growing up. And of course, I, I moved to London and I have different sexual experiences. For me, the big struggle was just to actually say what I want. Yeah. I felt so uncomfortable when somebody would ask me, what do you like? I couldn't answer that question. I felt uncomfortable and I'd rather be just completely led into whatever, whether I like it or not, but I wouldn't be able to answer the question. And what I'm learning now in this process and for many therapists, and I mean, already, now I'm like, whoa, self-pleasure is a must for <laughs> sure. This is how we even manifest things. This is how we get to know ourselves. That in in my process, what really fascinated me is that I've learned actually self-pleasure is a huge act of self-love. Therefore, yeah. if you engage in it mindfully, you are, as a result, increasing self-awareness, self-confidence, and you are becoming in charge of your yeah. own pleasure. Yeah. And that's fascinating that a lot of the cultures are completely cut out of it. And I just want to say that, well done, your parents and your family <laughs> on, on being normal about it. Um, and just coming back to the context of this conversation, then I believe self-pleasure is an absolute must for any person who experiences pain. Because only this way we can actually realize that pleasure exists for us. It's just a little bit harder to access it. Mm. Um, yeah, and perhaps this is a topic to explore a little further. And now as you are now coaching people and getting into more of uh, work with, with others, right? Yeah. How do you, is are there any tools you recommend around self-pleasure? I mean, apart from toys, I'm more talking about mindset shifts and um, kind of attitude shifts around it. And many, maybe any kind of frameworks, maybe you recommend a certain amount of time. Yeah. Describe me a perfect self-pleasure practice, please. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would say the first things you have to think about is what are your expectations? Because I think a lot of the time we we think about, and going back to what you said just now, like what we're told we should think about sex, what what's normal sex, what should sex look like? And I think the, the first question I always ask is what are your expectations of a relationship? what's your expectations of sex what does what what does sex look like to you in terms of what you've been taught and what you think it should look like and what you want it to look like and those are things that I always get people to write down and then we kind of unpack it from there um and then another thing is you know has there been any significant changes or effects to your body that have made you rethink the way you respond to pleasure and sex um and then looking at that and understanding that everybody has different um life experiences everybody has different circumstances that they're going through everybody's body is responding differently and what sex looks like for you is going to be something different for another person which is why we have to communicate with each other because we all work differently and just coming to terms and finding a comfortability with like what sex will look like for you as an individual and then learning to like build upon that and finding out what your goals are 
um, what your out, what you want your outcomes to be moving forward and your aspirations and then going for it and putting in like specific challenges for yourself to um, address those and yeah I think those are the the kind of stepping stones I would take for kind of um, finding what feels good for you and building growth and development within intimacy for yourself well and uh, then coming to the details of it now for a lot of people self-pleasure is is just like quite a quick act right mm-hmm. for 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 a lot of us just reaching a simple orgasm doesn't take that much time mm-hmm. um and it becomes quite just like a simple release practice but what i'm finding is like if you take this practice as a full mindful exploration of your relationship to your own body it can give you a completely different much more expansive output you've just said you spent two hours on a session what does that mean because i'd like to explain it in like the good self-pleasure practice in like very detailed kind of view because a lot of people out there maybe for us it seems obvious already what we can do in two hours with ourselves but for a lot of people out there they just like okay what do you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, um i think firstly you know if you if you're not interested in um masturbation then that's absolutely fine there are other ways you can like enjoy pleasure that doesn't involve like touching your genitals um because I think you know sometimes we forget that that's not everybody's desired outcomes and that's absolutely fine like I said pleasure is whatever you make it for yourself and that there's no right or wrong answer as long as it's you know everyone's consenting and it's legal and all of those other things but um I think one thing that really helped me in terms of slowing down is to think about like all of your senses when it comes to pleasure so don't just think about feeling think about what might smell good for you what tastes good like visual cues um like other stimulation that um comes with your body and experiencing pleasure and kind of tapping into those things so like for me I really respond to like uh visuals so I really like to put something on or watch something and then another thing is I really enjoy um smells like I respond quite well to that so it's finding other ways in which your your body will respond to things um another great book for people to read which has helped me over the years is a book called slow pleasure by and I can never pronounce her name so apologies but Euphemia Russell um that's a really great book if you want to learn to just slow down um and explore pleasure and teach you how to like prioritize and integrate pleasure into your daily life Uh, it's a really great book I think it's just for me making sure I'm aware of everything that's going on in going on in my life and how that can relate to how I feel and experience pleasure and pain so when we think about the way our body acts and responds, like think about the stress in your life, think about the work, think about children, think about what you're putting into your body, think about the way you're thinking, your mind, because ultimately the way that our body responds as a whole and how we treat it 
it's going to have such an impact on how it responds to pleasure um and if you're ever concerned like always speak to a healthcare professional and never feel ashamed about your pain um and just recognize the signs of painful sex and how to how to navigate that through reading and your own research um or reaching out to other people in the field but yeah just never never to be ashamed and always always be listening to your body and what it's trying to tell you that was venus libido sharing her knowledge and experiences so so openly you can find more information about her and find the books that she mentioned in this episode notes thank you so much for listening to the feminine power podcast your attention your presence means so much to us if you want to join the field portal and become our founding member we are still accepting our founding members for another few weeks and you have a chance to become the core of our community and receive lifelong benefits such as 50% off our membership and access to our team and teachers live calls special community benefits and offers and so much more if you apply and join our founding membership while we are still accepting the founding members otherwise join our regular membership and access all the necessary practices rituals and tools to cultivate sexual energy at any time thank you so much for listening and i'm looking forward to sharing more with you in our next episode